Please remember, conversations during EY podcasts should not be relied upon as accounting, tax, legal investment, nor other professional advice. Listeners must consult their own advisors. The first thing that gives me hope is that I feel very passionate about this. And I see the potential, I see the resilience in countries like Colombia and in all of Latin America. I mean, there's a whole new generation, you know, just looking for opportunities. We're not in this alone. I'm a big fan of organizations that I believe in, that we shared values with to join forces for a solution. It is transformed today. It may be other things tomorrow. The joining powers, joining forces, and finding people that are willing to do the work, that's what gives me hope. Truth is, humanity can save itself and our planet. And right at this very moment, there's someone who's taken on this challenge and is on a path to solving an incredibly tough global problem. This podcast was created to tell you about them. You're listening to Better Heroes, a show from the global EY organization about the untold stories of entrepreneurs devoting their lives to impactful innovation. And I'm your host, Matt C. Smith. Our whole show is about the impact of purposeful entrepreneurship. Each of our better heroes is passionate about making a difference through their social enterprise. We've spoken with entrepreneurs who are pioneers in translation, agriculture, technology, and so many other industries. But there are also people who are facilitating entrepreneurship, people who are helping social impact entrepreneurs become better heroes. Edgar Sanchez is country managing partner at EY Colombia and EY Latin America North Talent Leader. Camilla Escalon is Corporate Affairs and Communications Senior Manager in the Andean region at Unilever. Unilever and EY, together with the UK Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office, FCDO, have collaborated on a project to support impact enterprises. The initiative is called Transform. But before we hear all about the great work that Transform is doing, we'll hear from Camilla and Edgar about why they're really passionate about supporting impact entrepreneurs. I would say that the first thing that influenced my career was family. And I'm going to talk about my grandparents this time. The four of them actually had a very strong social mission. They were my inspiration in making sure that whatever I did for work actually had an impact in my country and the communities close to me. So I would say that was a big influence. On the more traditional side, there was my school. I actually went to Notre Dame in the United States, and there's also a very strong social mission there. And we're taught to care for others and whatever we choose as our profession to make sure to have an impact. We've seen a common thread across this podcast with our guests having had a real kind of strong family influence towards impact and sort of creating a greater good, this utilitarian perspective, if you will. Edgar, did you have a similar upbringing? What led you to your career in financial services, moving into the EY world? Tell us a little bit about the background. Both my parents are Colombian. They, I was born here, but uh, when I was three, we moved 
outside of Colombia for the first time. My father started working for the UN, usually around the peacekeeping missions and other aid missions. So traveling around first to Costa Rica and then all the way across the world to Israel, India, Pakistan, it just didn't stop there. There's eight countries until I finally um, graduated from college and then came back to Colombia. But having been exposed to so many cultures, in a lot of them, there was a lot of social turmoil, economic turmoil, a lot of challenges for populations in those countries. And I just guess I grew up sensitized to a lot of that. Now, I never imagined later on becoming a consultant, even a consultant for financial services. But I guess it's just one of those things where life starts taking you somewhere. So I've done consulting for maybe the past 30 years. And for the past eight years that I've had the privilege of leading EY in Colombia, I've gotten more involved in entrepreneurship and social entrepreneurship. And it's a way of also giving back to the communities where we work. It's a way also of, I guess, trying to make a change in the world, trying to make impact and recognizing that impact. It's through self-awareness also. So it's, it's been a journey. I've been a mentor for Endeavor for almost 10 years now. And also the firm has encouraged a lot of our people around the world to become more involved with social entrepreneurs. Mm. So obviously Camilla, Edgar, both Colombians working in supporting the ecosystem there. Still to this day, even though you've worked around the world with various international organizations, coming home to feed back into the ecosystem, as you both said, but that's not the case for the majority of Colombians, right? And when it comes to sort of the employment and workspaces, opportunities aren't dime a dozen as they are in other parts of the world. So I'm curious about the progress you've seen or the process in creating jobs and job creation for individuals in Latin America, Edgar. What's the status right now of sort of job creation in the Latin American markets? Wow. You know, in the past three years, I wish the news were better in terms of, you know, we've just coming out of a pandemic. Mm. I think most of the economies in Latin America are trying to rebuild and get back to the levels that, you know, we traditionally had. Now, I would say two things. One of them is, I think Latin America has been making a lot of progress, although the challenges still remain. I mean, we have growing populations, growing urban populations, mm. which are demanding more services, are demanding more from populations that are usually also very underserved. And so this has created a crunch of not being able to provide enough jobs or create enough jobs in a sense that serves more of the segments of our populations. So also in Colombia, for example, we've had a large number of migrants from neighboring Venezuela mm. coming into the country. So that's compounded the need for, for more jobs. So even though jobs have been created, it hasn't happened at the pace that we need them to. Mm. So it'll be, you know, migration, even internal migration, from the countryside into the cities, migration from Venezuela into Colombia, the need also for more ed education, not necessarily university type style education, but maybe you know more practical programs that can be easily inserted into the economies. Mm. 
So I think the challenges still remain, regardless of the pandemic. It's a difficult cocktail to take in. Mm. Thanks, Eka. Camilla, I'm curious, what have been some of the biggest challenges you've seen for individuals to gain employment in developing countries such as yours? Well, it's not only employment. I would say it's opportunities because one thing is actually getting a job and being hired by someone, but the other is the ecosystem that allows you to be an, an entrepreneur, to have your own company or even your own way to make a living. And part of the challenge is changing the reality where you're born. One thing that I believe is incredibly unfair and that is still true in Colombia, in our country, is that if you're not born with a set of opportunities, it's very difficult for you to reach them. And that background that you have may define your future. And I think that's where we as companies, be it our conversations like the one we're having here, is changing that precisely. How can we facilitate those opportunities for those that don't have them today and change that, that vicious cycle? I think that's where the challenge lies. It's an interesting point. I come from South Africa, so I'm quite familiar with that developing world and developing nation issue of the unemployment aspect. However, you hit a, an interesting point there, Edgar, around creating entrepreneurs, because we tend to look at an entrepreneur as an individual who can do something innovative or doesn't even have to be innovative, just has to do something that creates a business in any sector, any area, whatever it be, digital or not, right? So, I mean, you still struggle when you innovate, but a lot of young people are creating businesses, becoming entrepreneurs. And I'm just curious about the role of technology in this shift. What role has technology taken in that shift, Edgar, in at least Colombia and Latin American markets? Really interesting question. I think we tend to associate that entrepreneurs currently need to be digital entrepreneurs. It's usually associated to an app or it's usually associated to technology. And that might be the case for a significant number of, of entrepreneurships. But I think sometimes we're also missing out on the other part of the traditional entrepreneurship, which was, look, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world that is not already or, or hasn't reached the, the level of technology. So, for example, just last week, through another nonprofit organization that we participate in here in Colombia, a group of young people who were usually going out in the weekend for treks near the city, they were getting robbed every time they went just outside the city. And, you know, the first thing that came up to them was, look, we got to get the police involved so that we don't get robbed as often as, as frequently as it's happening now. But then they came up with an idea and said, why are we getting robbed? Is it because there is a group of people that don't have any opportunities and that's basically the way they're making a living. So they went back and managed to get in touch with these people that were actually robbing them in previous occasions. And they set up first a foundation to make them forest keepers and to make them guides into those tracks that they were making near the city. And that involves no technology at first. So that's another part of things that sometimes are missing. Innovation and entrepreneurship doesn't have to mean creating the next big app or social media platform. It means recognizing a gap or an issue 
and doing something to solve it. In Edgar's example, the hikers realized that people outside of the city needed meaningful employment. Now that they've recognized a problem and come up with a solution, they can start to use technology to facilitate their social enterprise. I think it's a powerful combination when you have an idea that transforms human lives, but you are able to combine it with technology to make it simpler. So for me, innovation is not about, you know, coming up with a NASA type of solution. It's just sometimes applying solutions that we see somewhere else for new problems or for problems that usually nobody cared for in the same way. You you kind of hit the nail on the head there. It's about organizations such as yourselves creating that platform, that educational bridge, if you will, between those who work in those organizations and those communities, both in and outside of the urban areas of your country. So on that note, I'm curious about what organizations like yours, EY, Unilever, what role are you meant to play? What is sort of the expectation from the market for you to create and contribute to these opportunities? Edgar, maybe kick off with you. As a services organization, I mean, we provide professional services to clients all over the world. So when you put it this way, we're usually helping companies that are already successful become more successful, right? And I would say that that happens maybe more than half the time. But I think we also put it in our purpose. And so what is EY's purpose? It's help to build a better working world. Sometimes I just leave it at help to build a better world, you know, because I think that's something that we, at this point in time, should be the basis for almost anything that we do. We're not in a vacuum. We don't exist, you know, just as isolated entities. And I think the success, the collective success, is really important for anything to thrive. So the firm has basically put it at the center of its purpose and its ambition to be able to measure how it is given back to the communities. I would like to add a little bit to Edgar's point on what our role as companies is. And it's very interesting because the name Unilever or the brand Unilever opens doors. And I think once we have those doors open, We also have the ability to make connections, and this is connections with other companies that share our values. This is connections with the government, with very relevant NGOs. And through those connections, we build a platform. And our role as companies is precisely to make those platforms available for those who need them and give them the visibility. A brand like Unilever, a brand like EY, many people know what it is. We're already visible. It's sharing that spotlight and shining that light to those companies and those people that deserve it. Camilla, Transform. This is an interesting initiative, which is a collaboration between EY and Unilever. Tell us a little bit more about Transform. Uh, We are doing an effort to identify social enterprises or impact enterprises with a very high potential and giving them the tools to succeed. Most small and medium companies actually fail. And what we're trying to do is give them better resilience, productivity, and a capacity to scale. So I think that's the 
core of the program. What makes it very special too is our allies. We make sure that it's people and companies and organizations that share our values. And we end up providing a collective platform instead of just Unilever being, oh, hey, let's do this, transforming something where it's not just Unilever. It's a series of organizations that come together precisely to give social enterprises a chance. So talk me through sort of the user journey of Transform, if you will. How does the average individual in Colombia get involved or elsewhere in such a program? And where do you meet me? What part of, part of the journey am I at? Rural, urban, wh- where am I based and what am I doing? And how do you sort of take me on the journey to create positive change, I guess, in my entrepreneurial journey and in my benefiting community around me? So what happens is we will open the program, make it public by sharing it in the news, but also with organizations that we know are aware of this social enterprises. And we ask for proposals. Mm. We received actually more than 200 in this first round. And we then provide them with this flexible capital for them to make possible their next bet within their organization. Some quick background on Transform. It provides funding and bespoke business support to deliver market-based solutions to the world's biggest development challenges. Transform is unique. It's a joint initiative between Unilever, the UK's Foreign, Commonwealth and Development Office, FCDO, and EY. Since 2015, Transform has supported over 61 projects across 17 countries around the world, impacting the lives of over 7 million people. Transform recently launched in Colombia. So I'm not providing a very concrete journey, but I think that's part of the benefit of Transform, which is its flexibility and Mm. how we make it work in the reality of the country where we're operating. Having a localized approach, we've learned this is very important, right? Uh, When introducing some kind of product or platform that is there to provide resources. Edgar, I'm curious about, you know, so you meet me at wherever I am in my entrepreneurial journey, right? Along the services. And to your point, like you mentioned, EY is helping successful businesses become more successful, right? Do those services translate? I mean, how do you actually work with me and how do you make me more successful or discover and unlock my potential? Well, this is where we leverage all the experience that we're gathering all over the world, not only with those really large companies, but also with our own set of entrepreneurs where we, okay, what's working around the world? What is lurking in the region and what has worked locally? So not all needs are the same, but I do think there are some fundamentals that have worked all over the world. Now, for example, Transform, beginning with Africa and also some parts of of Southeast Asia and Asia, how do we bring that to Latin America? You know, you're going to say, yes, different cultures. But I think some of the basic needs and challenges are the same. So we do tweak some of the things and we try to find the right fit Mm. to see where we can make people more successful. So for example, I think adding on to what Camila was saying, how we are selecting the, the entrepreneurs or these companies that are have all the potential to, it, it's basically through five criteria. And in this, we're very much, you know, 100, 200% aligned with Unilever and EY. 
One of them is, who are we targeting as the priority here? So, for example, Camilla was mentioning, look, migrants in this stage in Colombia. That's one of the things that we were targeting. Okay, how do we make an impact on the migrant population and be able to provide them, you know, with stability, with a job, with income, with a future? I think that's that was really important. To choose exactly which companies to support through Transform, Edgar says impact, scalability, commitment, innovation, and the effectiveness of training are all considered. They say, look, here's a real tangible market or product that can be put into the market. And then we put in all the other skills and the advice and consulting that they need to take it to the next level. Hmm. So that's what we do. We sit down, you know, we'll roll up our sleeves and we'll say, okay, where are we? And where are you? You know, where do you feel that you need to develop more skills? Where do you need more training? Mm. And the money, that flexible funding part that Camila was talking about is really important because we have to trust that the entrepreneur knows where he wants to put in that funding. Mm. So put a few things out there, but it's a combination of those. I wish there was just one thing to <laughs> make it much easier, but it's a combination. I'm curious about an example. I mean, maybe Camilla, can you give us an example of one of the solutions you've worked with, helped grow and, and create? Well, one of our chosen enterprises in Colombia is called Conceptos Plásticos. And what is great about this is, one, yes, they won the spot within the selection process, but that's just step one. Step two is precisely identifying those capabilities that they're lacking or that they need some support in actually getting those from our partners. So it's fantastic to have EY in the platform because they can help them with the business model, with testing, with refining. Unilever helps them with marketing, with procurement, with with chain integration. So these companies end up getting some of the best professionals in the world helping them grow their business. In this precise case of Conceptos Plásticos, they're looking solutions for the plastics problem in Colombia, especially recyclability. And they're looking to at the social aspect of this. Many of the people that are in charge of recycled processes in the country do it as their means of survival, of, of existing it's communities of people or associations that are in charge of this process. So looking at the social aspect behind recycling and behind this environmental necessity mm. is one of the things that they're doing in a great way and that we're very interested in being able to support. So we're expecting big things from them and we hope that this provides them with the support they need to scale. We're at the initial stages of Transform in Colombia. The idea is to replicate the success that the program has had elsewhere in the world. So we're, we're really excited, for example, about concept of plasticos because it's about a value chain. You know, how do you recycle, for example, conceptos plasticos in Spanish, you know, literally plastic concepts, right? So what do you do with plastic? You know, what can you do with all the plastic that's being generated currently? You know, it includes all these, um, you know, what we call pet plastics. And one of the ideas, just to give you an example, is how do we 
make plastic bricks out of the recycled plastic. Now, how do we get the recycled plastic? Well, we get them off the streets, right? In Latin America, people just basically picking up all the plastic all over the city, wherever they can find them. Now, if we can put all these people together, have somebody who can buy that plastic mm. in a frequent and very uh, in a rational way, then that takes care of part of the cycle. And then you need to build the places where you can manufacture the. So that's going to create also employment. And maybe also opportunities for even the same people that are recycling, that are picking up the plastic. And eventually, you can use that plastic brick to build, for example, schools in rural areas. It's truly unique how widespread the impact of one social enterprise can be. In this case, one initiative could have benefits for the environment, employment, education, and the economy. So if you can see, it's a whole really virtuous cycle, which is really exciting to see that something that was just weeks ago, garbage, is contributing value to all of society at each step of the way. It's creating these green jobs, we like to use the term of, right? The ancillary knock-on benefit of an entrepreneur creating a solution for a problem. I'm curious because in this case, plastic concepts as they are, the impact angle, the angle that supports the environment, the sustainability angle, you have quite a unique role if you are interjecting and supporting entrepreneurs at a specific point in their journeys. So how do you point them in the right direction to consider and in the case of these businesses, create cyclical business models that can have ancillary benefits outside of just their core benefit? One thing that is really impactful about this whole thing is that it is precisely a platform and it is a community. And Edgar was sharing that this is the first time we bring Transform to Latin America. We're very proud that Colombia is that first country where it's at. But Conceptos Plásticos and every other social enterprise actually makes part of that Transform community and they are able to connect with success cases in Bangladesh, in Kenya, in other parts of Asia, of Africa, and speak with other people that are facing similar challenges in realities that may be very different, but that have surprising similarities. And with that community, find that that answer. That on the one hand, the, the community that comes up from the group of social enterprises that is supported with Transform. And on the other side, all that knowledge. And EY isn't participating in Transform only in Colombia. They're participating in all of these countries. So imagine that information, that community, that talent that comes from that network. I can imagine it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? The better you do, the larger it gets, the more feedback, the more knowledge sharing, the more thought leadership recycles back into the platform itself. You mentioned something earlier, interesting, Camilla, around the diversity and inclusion angle. Obviously, the example now working with Venezuelan people crossing the borders into Colombia, trying to find work, therefore using your platform, creating opportunities through the two of you. But how do you place diversity and inclusion as one of the key factors in your platform working with these types of entrepreneurs? Well, on the one hand, it's something we highlight to the entrepreneurs themselves. 
And it is that diversity has to be at the center of what they do because we actually believe you need that to be competitive. Being diverse is now something that is not a nice to have. It's prerequisite to your success. So I think that makes part of the DNA of Transform. And going a little wider to our talent at Unilever, we have this beautiful thing at the company where every person defines their purpose. And you go through the exercise and, and make sure that it's something that you live in your job, but also beyond it. And we tend to attract people that care a lot about their purpose precisely and about sustainability and about having an impact and making diversity a part of our company and a part of what we do with initiatives like Transform means that they have opportunities to volunteer and to give back in areas that they care for. It's it's interesting because we started the conversation with trying to create employment opportunities in Colombia and other nations, of course, right? Using your model, Transform, and, and replicating that blueprint elsewhere. That is working. You are creating and supporting and influencing those opportunities with the right values. But also, those opportunities are now feeding back into your organizations, respectively, and helping both your organizations be better places to work, be more interesting places to work, have more impact from your own corporate aspects of things. What else gives you hope in the changing landscape in developing countries around employment? What gives me hope, Matt, is that we're not in this alone. I'm a big fan of organizations that I believe in, that we shared values with to join forces for a solution. It is transformed today. It may be other things tomorrow, but the joining powers, joining forces, and finding people that are willing to do the work. That's what gives me hope. Edgar? Well, the first thing that gives me hope is that I feel very passionate about this. And I see the potential. I see the resilience in countries like Colombia and in all of Latin America. I mean, there's a whole new generation, you know, just looking for opportunities. I mean, how do we face them as, as you know, private companies How do we work with government entities to develop things that are forward-looking, but are also multipliers of well-being, of a livelihood? So, you know, combination of potential versus the resilience that we see every day in our in our cities. That's just to me, you know, amazing. That's why I love to get involved in this. And that's why I think this has made such an impact on me in the past decade. Sometimes it's undescribable. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the evidence, uh, the proof is in the pudding, as we say, right? The evidence is there. If you look at the solutions coming out of the Transform platform to date. Lastly, if I am someone who is interested, maybe you're listening to this and you're like, Transform, how do I get involved? How can I apply? How can I get access to Edgar Committer? Fill me in. Where do I go? What do I do? How do I take part in Transform? Well, the process is still open and we invite people to go to our homepage on transform.global. And this is people in Colombia, but also people in other parts of the world that may be listening. And the different bids that are open will be posted there. In Colombia, as I mentioned before, we've received over 200 applications, but we're still looking for ideas. And there is still room for that great entrepreneur that is listening to work with us. 
And I would say that this is ongoing. And my invitation will also be to partners that are interested in funding this initiative and interested in joining EY and Unilever in making this platform work in Colombia, because we don't want to stop at this first initiative. We want to keep going and we want to join forces with all those organizations that share our purpose and are willing to do the work to make the difference. Thanks, Camilla. Open application, get involved. If that's you, if you're listening to this and you're curious about it, go check it out. Transform.global. And even just go check out the different solutions that have been creating. It's quite inspiring to see some of the products and specifically some of the people and see what they're doing in their local markets. So that's it. Two fantastic better heroes. Thank you so much, Edgar, Camilla, for joining us and all our friends today to hear about how your organizations are supporting entrepreneurs on the ground, but also interestingly, how those entrepreneurs and those lessons are feeding back into your organizations respectively. Thank you all for joining me, Matt C. Smith, on this episode of Better Heroes. You can learn more about Edgar at ey.com and about Camilla and Transform at transform.global. And you can learn more about EY Ripples and all of our amazing impact entrepreneurs at ey.com slash EY Ripples. The links are in our show notes. Oh, and please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Better Heroes, wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also rate and leave our show a review to help others find out about the amazing work our impact entrepreneurs are doing. Before we go, we'd really like to thank our podcast producers, Human Group Media, who helped us bring this show to life. That's it for today's episode. We'll be back next week. Better Heroes is a project of EY Ripples, a global program to mobilize people across the EY network to help solve the world's most urgent social and environmental challenges. By extending EY's skills, knowledge, and experience to impact entrepreneurs on a not-for-profit basis and forging collaborations with like-minded organizations, EY Ripples is helping scale new technologies and business models that are purposefully driving progress towards the UN's 17 Sustainable Development Goals. The views of third parties set out in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the global EY organization or its member firms. Moreover, they should be seen in the context of the time that they were made. <laughs>